Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. All right, here we go. It's Friday. We've got a big store in show for you today. I might as well finish that off. If I'm going to screw it up right at the front end, I might as well complete the mistake. And I'm not going back in time. You live with it, people. You live with it. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Gabe Neitzel in for the big man, resting up. Expect to have him back on Monday. I'm Joe Fortenball. I don't know. I don't know, Gabe. I don't know. What are we doing here? Wait. I mean, I'm just counting down the time until we're talking to Sting. Sting. So I know we've got we've got a lot of things going on, but I am excited to talk to Sting, who's going to be wrestling for the last time. I'm sure the big guy would make fun of me. I know the big guy is anti-wrestling. He'd probably be making fun of me as a wrestling nerd, but Sting is wrestling for the final time this weekend. I cannot wait to talk to him. Shockingly, the big man can get behind a wrestling analogy like none other. The rest, I like to bring the wrestling analogies in. You know, this team's trying to rise up, much like The Rock tried to rise up to take out Stone Cold, something like that back in the day. Sure. He he will lean into that. So, shockingly, I think he might be on board with the idea of Sting. You very much on board. Sting, WWE Hall of Famer, set to join us at 1.30 today. I, Evan said this morning... Gabe is such a wrestling nerd, we're going to leave the entire interview to him. He's going to come up with all the questions. I said, let's do it. Let's boogie. You got <laughs> yeah, it? We're I'm good. We're set. Go. No, we're set. Yeah, I got questions for days. Like, I got more questions than we got time for Sting. Sting, question number one. Would you be okay if the Chicago Bears drafted you first overall? <laughs> Probably not a question he'll get, but a question Caleb Williams got. Quarterback USC expected by many, not everybody, to go first overall in the upcoming draft. Spoke with the media this morning in Indianapolis. So naturally, everyone wants to know, hey man, like, are you down with the Bears? If they draft it, are you going to be okay? The Bears are, was an 8-9 team last year, um, I believe, and uh, seven and seven to ten. Sorry, and and um, you know that's that's pretty good for a team that has the first pick. Um, and and they got a good defense. Um, they got good players on offense. Um, and and you know it's it's pretty exciting. You know if you could go into a situation like that. I don't compare myself to the other guys. Um, you know that's there or been there. Um, I think I'm my own player, and um, you know I, I I tend to like to you know, create history and, and rewrite history. All right, so here we go. Is this conversation dead? The idea that Caleb Williams does not want to play with the Bears. Have we now gotten to a point where we've heard from all parties involved and we feel comfortable moving forward that he is okay should should Chicago make him the number one overall pick in the draft? I mean, I thought it was dead when he decided to enter the draft because I figured he became he came with peace. Okay, I'm I'm at peace with going to Chicago, <laughs> and that some that sounds like someone to me who is expecting to go to Chicago, that he's expecting to be that number one overall pick, and he is going to be a member of the Bears in throwing passes to guys like DJ Moore next season. All right, so now we feel comfortable with that. The question will become then: Is this the right marriage? Caleb Williams in Chicago and the possibility of the Bears finally solving this jigsaw puzzle that is the quarterback position in the NFL. Caleb addressed that as well. 
The main thing that I've, you know, if they, if they ask me or if it comes up, the main thing that I've said, I, I want to go to a place that wants to win. Um, a whole, a whole, you know, 360. So meaning the, from the top all the way to, you know, the guys um, and, and, and down to the, the down to the, 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 the janitors, the people that, um, you know, that, 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 you know, make everything run. Um, you know, it's just everybody wants to win. Everybody's a part of that. And, 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 you know, we all take care of each other. Okay, very exciting. Are you excited about that? Is there a franchise in the NFL that doesn't want to win? I mean, you said he wants to go somewhere where, you know, they want to win from the top down. I, I know, I, I just is there a place that doesn't want to win? <laughs> I, I guess, so he's cool going everywhere? I mean, as, as far, from what I know of the NFL, everybody is trying to win. Now, it doesn't always look like teams are trying to win. You can make that accusation for Carolina. They were pretty bad last year, but... I would make the argument that I think everybody's at least trying to win. So I guess he's cool with going anywhere and he's cool with whoever ends up drafting him. I mean, I got to tell you, I know that being from the D.C. area, the idea of playing for the hometown team, the commanders who are sitting at number two, I understand that that would be appealing. I think any team that you grew up rooting for, that you grow up in proximity to, your family's there, you're familiar with the area, there's a lot to like about that. But there's a lot to like about Chicago. I'm not so sure about the head coach. That, that, that could be problematic. But outside of that, if you look at the situation right now, from week 12 on last season, when they had pretty much every reason on earth to just go into the tank and not care about any of this, week 12 on, they were a top three NFL defense. They brought in Montez Sweat in that trade from Washington. They gave him the new contract. Everyone thought, the guy's going to be a free agent at the end of the year. Why don't you just sign him in the offseason without giving up assets? People questioned it. But the reality is he came in, he signed, he played very well. That defense is very close to being back to one of these top 10 type units. You don't need to be the best defense in the NFL. You put a top 10 unit out there, you're going to win football games. DJ Moore is a more than competent number one wide receiver. But they've got a ton of money to spend. And two of their issues, one, the offensive line, they continue to build it up. Two years ago, it was awful. Last year, it was a little bit better. This upcoming year, it's expected to take another step forward. And you put another weapon next to DJ Moore. I mean, we've talked about Steph Diggs possibly being out there via trade. Some of the other wide receivers that could hit free agency. Um, there's the potential for this team to be a 9-8, and 10-win team next year if Williams is able to hit the ground running. A lot of big ifs. But we've seen rookies like C.J. Stroud do it before. And it's not an awful situation he's stepping into in Chicago. Could you see a Houston-like turnaround in Chicago should Caleb Williams end up there? I I can. And the problem, I guess, not the problem, but, I mean, well, Houston you're, you're was in, terrible. You're in Wisconsin, so, yeah, well, it would be a problem. Yeah, it would, it would be a problem <laughs> if they did turn it around and became good. I definitely would not like that as a Packers fan. But, I mean, Houston was so bad. Like, they had the second pick. Like that, like legitimately had the second pick. The Bears have the ninth pick. You, in the clip earlier, we heard it. They were a seven and ten team. You just listed off all the defensive things they did. They did a year ago. They have some good offensive weapons. They have some good young tools. And this is just such a big offseason for the Bears because they can address a lot of the issues they have offensively. They've got a good weapon. Okay, no. Deep running back draft, go find yourself a running back. Oh, you need some offensive line help? Not only do you have the number one pick from last year, you also have the number nine pick, so you could end up with one of the the best offensive line prospects in this draft. Or, I mean, it's also a a fairly deep wide receiver, at least the top of it. There's a number of guys competing for who that wide receiver number one is, or I guess wide receiver number two after Marvin Harrison Jr. Maybe you end up with uh, a a Roma Dunze. 
Like, if you end up with that, and that that takes care of, okay, now I've got two really good wide receivers. Maybe I go spend some money on my offensive line with all this cap space that I have. They have so many different options because they have two top ten picks. Like, that's what's fascinating about the Bears after they make the decision of what are they doing at number one. I'm going to just give you two criteria. You don't get to use any other criteria except these two criteria to answer what's the better situation for Caleb Williams. A head coach in Matt Eberflus with an offensive coordinator in Shane Waldron or a head coach in Dan Quinn and an offensive coordinator in Cliff Kingsbury. Don't tell me about personnel. Don't tell me about location, division, record from last season, salary cap space, draft picks, none of that. It's head coach and offensive coordinator. Quinn and Kingsbury in Washington, Eberflus and Waldron in Chicago. I lean towards Washington just because of his familiarity with Kingsbury. I think Kingsbury can be that good offensive mind. I think he's proven wherever he's gone, he's a so-so to below-average head coach. But as an offensive mind, I don't think you can take that away. I think in terms of that, Washington would be a better spot for him because I, like you, I am unsure about Matt Eberflus. With the Bears having the number one pick, I am surprised they just didn't decide to clean house and start all over and try to attract a good head coach and good general manager with this number one pick so you can just start with okay our general manager hired our head coach also picked our quarterback everybody's on the same page everybody's ready to go and ultimately they didn't decide to do that so now they enter this season which seems to be a pivotal one right away off if you've dropped a quarterback number one with okay well you still have to do well because we don't know if this guy's going to be your head coach going forward it's cliff i say this with all due respect i'm not going to bash him but is Cliff Kingsbury really— But here comes the bash. Well, it's, yeah, it's like, is he that great of an offensive mind? Like, everywhere I go, that's what people tell me. No, Cliff Kingsbury's a great offensive mind. All right. Like, he was the head coach at Texas Tech. It didn't go very well there. And people will say the offense scored a lot of points. Well, yeah, Patrick Mahomes is going to score a lot of points. You should have also won a lot of games. So, okay, maybe it's not a head coach. Maybe he's a great coordinator. We saw what happened in Arizona. Um, he's the offensive coordinator. He steps in last year. Like— Two years ago, when Caleb Williams won the Heisman Trophy, 42 touchdowns, five interceptions. Then Kingsbury steps in, 30 touchdowns, five interceptions. Like, he was good. He was still very, very good. It's not like he seemed to get all that much better with Kingsbury stepping in. And now Kingsbury's in Washington, and everyone just keeps telling me he's this great offensive mind. What is that based on? What is that based on? Is that is that rooted in has everywhere he's gone he's just had these dynamic offenses that you can't stop? Is he well, really I mean, that good? I mean, I would say Arizona certainly had their moments um, when he was the head coach. I mean, they had a season where they started, I think, 7-0 when he was the head coach there. Like the one good half season that Kyler Murray had. So and Call I think of Duty had, dropped. And then yeah. it all went to you know what? And it all went, yeah. It all it all disappeared for him very quickly. <laughs> but I think I, I think he's had so he's shown those spurts as you mentioned. Yes, it, it helps when you have Patrick Mahomes, but they scored a ton of points in in at Texas Tech. So wherever he's gone, I think their offenses have have not been the issue for him. It's been other things that have crept up. Carlin versus Joe is presented by Progressive Insurance. Bundle home and auto and save. Visit progressive.com yesterday. We started wondering on this very show, what's the earliest J.J. McCarthy or whoever the fourth quarterback off the board would go in this year's NFL draft class? And now we started getting the answer today because a lot of bright football minds are starting to talk about it. We're going to have that for you next. He's Gabe Neitzel. I'm Joe Fortenball. This is Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio.
Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. The 2024 NFL Draft on ESPN Radio. Are you ready? Live from the heart of downtown Detroit, Michigan. The Detroit Lions select. It all begins with round one, Thursday, April 25th. The NFL Draft is now officially open. The countdown rolls on. The 2024 NFL Draft on ESPN Radio, ESPN, and on ABC. That's the NFL Draft. You want to talk about something that's happening this weekend the NBA is about to go off, and we got you covered here on ESPN Radio. Nuggets at Lakers. You heard me. The Nuggets are at the Lakers Saturday, 8 p.m. The Mavericks are at the 76ers Sunday at 12.30 p.m. Both those games are on ESPN Radio, but we've also got a world of games outside of that, too, taking place. Celtics host the Golden State Warriors on Sunday. Celtics host the Mavericks tonight. We don't know if Luka's going to play. Sprained ankle, potentially. And on and on it goes. More on that throughout the course of the show. Alongside Gabe Neitzel, I'm Joe Fortenball. Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Yesterday, we had a conversation. People thought we were crazy. We're not crazy. Or if we are, crazy like a fox. There you go. Because we throw these ideas out there. They're just ideas. They're just talking points. They're just questions. The question was essentially, if we see this draft go quarterback, 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 one, two, three and Arizona's sitting there at four, and Arizona's happy with Kyler Murray, and several teams behind Arizona are interested in a quarterback, is there a possibility that someone trades up to four, 
and drafts a quarterback, marking this the first time in NFL history. We go quarterback, 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 quarterback. Sounds crazy, right? So we kick it around. People think we're nuts. They call in. They complain. They yell. That actually didn't happen. I made that part up. But Mike Tannenbaum today was on Get Up responding to the comments from Michigan quarterback J.J. McCarthy, who at the Combine earlier this morning said he's met with the Giants and the Giants hold the sixth overall pick. Tannenbaum, take it away. Yeah, he could even go higher. He could go four. I can see Atlanta trading up to four if they have to, and here's why. The style of play that Michigan had over the last two years just didn't wasn't conducive to having the massive statistics we've talked about with these other guys, but he has all the ability in the world he has much better athleticism than people realize. I went to a bunch of their practices over the last two years. He's an innate leader, and at the most high-leverage moments, Greeny, he played extremely well. 72% completion percentage last year, 22 touchdowns, four interceptions. The stats don't, like, jump off the page at you, but when he did throw, he was pretty effective, Gabe. Yeah, you think of, you know, the semifinal game where, you know, they needed to score, and they were able to lean on him. I still... I still would have loved to see more from J.J. McCarthy. If I'm talking about trading up inside the top five and taking J.J. McCarthy and making him my franchise quarterback, I'd still be a little bit nervous about it. I'd have to be a little bit nervous about it because usually these guys, like, everything just pops off the page. Yeah. And I understand what Tannenbaum was saying there. Oh, their, their style of play wasn't conducive. They wanted to run the ball, have this great defense, do all these things that you see in the Big Ten. But still, if I'm making somebody my franchise quarterback... How come he wasn't Michigan's franchise quarterback for a national championship? Right. right. Like, th- there are still questions around it, but he seems to be having all this momentum in terms of being that fourth quarterback and potentially being that number four pick. You know what this is like? And I'm saying like, not exactly like, because people are immediately going to say, no, well, that's different because of the athleticism component, but it's the conversation regarding Anthony Richardson from last year, right? The Florida quarterback, Anthony Richardson, he plays one year for the Gators freakish athletic talent, size, speed, bazooka for an arm, bazooka for an arm. I mean, all of it's there. And when you watch him play, you caught glimpses of it. Florida wasn't all that great. He turned the ball over a decent amount. He disappeared in some big games. But the thing is, he's young. He was raw. That was the term we kept hearing, raw. He was raw. And then Indianapolis drafted him fourth overall and said, you know what? We can mold this. We can work with this. It feels a little bit similar to J.J. McCarthy. Not saying he's the comp to Anthony Richardson because they're different styles of quarterback, but it's also a guy where we haven't seen a whole lot that you would need to see, and then we've got to project out. So if you're comfortable with the projection after sitting down, meeting with him, and watching some tape, I'd imagine there's a lot of upside there. But again, you and I are just two guys that are getting fed a lot of information. What do we know? I am not a trained NFL scout. I don't know. His team won a lot of games, but I also saw them win a lot of games without needing him to do a whole lot. Yeah, he, he, again, I think of that Penn State game where he didn't throw a pass in the second half because, I mean, Penn State wasn't going to score in the second half because that defense was so good. James so Franklin went, won that game for Michigan, yeah, like he that, always does for Michigan and Ohio State. Yeah, they made the decision, hey, I mean, the only way we lose this game is if we turn it over and if we put the ball in the air. I think maybe who, no matter who your quarterback is, you're just risking an interception or a tip ball, not necessarily an indictment against J.J. McCarthy, but just that's the game that always sticks out to me. But that just shows you how desperate some of these teams are to make sure that they get a quarterback, that they're trying to improve that position because everybody knows how important it is, which, it, man... 
Can you imagine if the Falcons trade up and we go one, two, three, four, all quarterbacks? So walk it through with Atlanta if they jump in front of New York and they take a quarterback at four. They get their guy. They have J.J. McCarthy. He's got Bajan Robinson as his running back entering his second year. He was a top pick last year. You'd have Drake London at wide receiver. You'd have Kyle Pitts at tight end. You'd have Raheem Morris as your head coach. Zach Robinson is your offensive coordinator. Good red zone defense from last year. Soft division. What ends up happening to the Falcons if they land J.J. McCarthy? Like, Are they turnkey ready to go? I don't think so. I, I think there's got to be still some development with J.J. McCarthy. Okay. There's going to be, to me, to me, that's what makes him the fourth quarterback, right? Like, if the Falcons somehow just, you know, made a big move and jumped up to get that number one pick, and it was Caleb Williams or Jaden Daniels, however you feel, I feel those two are, are, are pretty ready. But then it's, to me, it's, yeah, it, it's turnkey, let's go, let's go win the division. With J.J. McCarthy, I got to feel like there's going to be some growing pains because if he was this absolute stud of a quarterback... I think that would have stood out more this year at Michigan. What do you think the pressure situation feels like for Brian Dable and the organization in New York regarding the quarterback position? Because let's let's say let's operate in this world that Tannenbaum's uh, suggesting for just a moment, right? Hypothetically, Caleb Williams to the Bears. Let's call it Jaden Daniels to the Commanders. We'll say Drake May to the Patriots. We'll say Atlanta trades up to four. They get Arizona's pick. They draft J.J. McCarthy. Chargers go five. They've got Justin Herbert. You're the Giants sitting at six. Is there some world where you're thinking, all right, we'll trade back, we'll make some maneuvers, maybe we draft Bo Nix, maybe we draft Michael Penix, or do you say to yourself, well, that's how the apples fall, and now we're going to go ahead and we'll just try to build around Daniel Jones. Then you go into next season, and Daniel Jones is Daniel Jones. He looks good at times, he looks average most of the time, he possibly gets hurt and misses a few games, and the Giants go like 7-10, and 8-9. and nine. And then we're talking about Dable's job again. And like you're right back kind of where you are right now, not sure of the quarterback position, but at least you're saying to yourself, we're not using Daniel Jones anymore. Like, there's got to be some pressure in New York based on how quickly it turned last year. Is there not? Oh, yeah. There's a, definitely pressure. But I also don't see, I, I can see them talking themselves into Daniel Jones pretty quickly because they did it less than a year ago. Yeah, they had no like that, that contract. That. Yeah, like they gave him oh. four years, $160 million less than a year ago. Like Everybody's like, this is not a it. good move. The Giants are like, this is a good move. You, you'll, you're all going to see. And then we watch and we're like, wasn't really a good move. Giants yeah, are sitting then, there and they're like, what, what? We're, you're still going to see. And then he gets injured, right? So then you're going, well, right. we still liked him last year. He just got hurt this year. So he's still going to be fine next year. Either way, if the top four quarterbacks go before you're the Giants, I think that's just the way things go. I don't think you try to trade back and don't get cute because the Giants still have a lot of other needs other than that quarterback position. Who knows what happens with Saquon Barkley since you're not franchise tagging him again. You got to figure out more uh, weapons, whoever the quarterback is on the outside. So, you know, if you're sitting there at six, if the Chargers, you know, at five take Marvin Harrison Jr., do you take one of those other top wide receivers? Do you take an offensive? There are so many other positions of need that the Giants, to me, don't need to force a quarterback, but the pressure is going to be on no matter what for Brian Dable because of, of how bad things ended up this past season. Let's drill down on that for a moment because all of a sudden people are going to start thinking to themselves, wait a minute. That's possible. Quarterback one, quarterback two, quarterback three, Atlanta, the Broncos, the Raiders, maybe someone comes flying up to four, grabs J.J. McCarthy, and now all of a sudden Jim Harbaugh, who's taking over in L.A. and has his quarterback in Justin Herbert, but is looking around realizing, all right, we got to build this defense up. we got to shore up the O-line. we got to figure out the weapons. Keenan Allen's not getting any younger but still has plenty of gas left in the tank. Mike Williams is always hurt. Austin Eckler's headed for free agency. Marvin Harrison Jr. is sitting there at five to bring him in and put him next to Keenan Allen to play in Justin Herbert's offense. 
does Justin Herbert throw for 12,000 yards next year? I mean, probably 60-some touchdowns, I mean, you know, very few interceptions. Yeah, like that's, that is an exciting offense, especially with Harbaugh leading the way. Like suddenly the Chargers, maybe they're not so chargery anymore. Uh, let's not get out over our skis on that one. <laughs> but they, when you Wait, think so every game's it, still going to end with a two-minute drill? Is Herbert going to win? Is he going to lose? Wired. Every <laughs> single game comes down to the wire, but that is a... What do you got? Harbaugh played with his dad, Marvin Harrison, when he was drafted in 96 with the Colts. Harbaugh was the quarterback of the Colts. Really? Marvin Harrison Sr. drafted the Colts in 1996, you said? And Harbaugh was the quarterback back then. Number four, old number four. Harbaugh was in an AFC championship game against the Steelers, right? Were they close yes. in that game, or was that game a blowout? Came down to a Hail Mary at the end. It was dropped in the end zone. Pretty close game. Okay. Wow. We're connecting dots here. See, this is what you won't get from any other show anywhere. We're going to tell you which guys played together 30 years ago and whether or not their offspring are now set to reunite <laughs> with their former teammates. That's what you get here. And this show's barely gotten started. He's Gabe Neitzel. I'm Joe Fordenball. Everyone asks, speaking of offspring, this is another popular offspring, everyone asking if LeBron... By the way, congratulations to Bronny and USC last night. They covered the seven and a half at Washington State. Stanford Steve told me I was an idiot yesterday. ESPN Bet Live said, you don't bet against Washington State. Oh, I'll bet against Washington State. And Washington State won. Didn't cover the seven. The great equalizer. Everyone asking if LeBron can carry the Lakers to a title. Well... We will actually find out if they are a contender or pretender tomorrow night. We're going to explain that next. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the Launch Your Online Shop stage to the First Real Life Store stage, all the way to the Did We Just Hit a Million Orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network.
He's won two of the last three MVPs and the favorite again this season, Nikola Jokic. Joker for the lead. Got it. He leads the Denver Nuggets into Los Angeles to go head-to-head with LeBron James and the Lakers. Coverage begins tomorrow at 8 Eastern with tip-off at 8.30 Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ABC. Presented by Indeed. I mean, ideally, if you're the Los Angeles Lakers, you don't want LeBron James playing 39 minutes, Anthony Davis playing 41 minutes in order to get past the Washington Wizards. But that's what happens in the association when you find yourself on the second half of a back-to-back or you're playing your third game in four nights or much like you'll see from Milwaukee tonight, I believe, playing their fifth game in eight nights as they travel to Chicago to take on the Bulls. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. He's Gabe Neitzel. I'm Joe Fortenball. Well, here we are, Gabe. Yesterday we talked about the uh, amazing 21-point fourth-quarter comeback for the Lakers against the Clippers two nights ago. LeBron James outscores the Clippers single-handedly in the fourth quarter to help deliver the win. We discuss whether or not LeBron can do this every night to get the Lakers to the postseason and possibly in line for another deep run. We debated it. We talked about whether or not it was possible. And then sure enough, he goes out last night. He ends up playing, boom, 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 39 minutes, scores 31 points, nine assists, four rebounds as the Lakers survived the Wizards 134-131. So one down, 21 more regular season games to go. Can he continue this at 39 years of age? Is, is, am I supposed to be impressed? <laughs> is this supposed to be impressive? Like What he did against the Clippers, yes, impressive. Have you watched the Wizards play a game this year? Oh. That is an unserious team. That is a very unserious team that still, to this point, has not won double-digit games. They almost got win number 10 against the Lakers last night. Like I, I understand it's the second game of a back-to-back. It's a tough part of the schedule. You're playing all these games. But when you have a team like that on the second night of a back-to-back, you're probably going, yes, all right. All right, we, we played the tough one last night. Let's go out. Let's make sure we bury these guys early. They'll wave the white flag, and then we can rest our guys. Instead, this game has to go to overtime, and you have to have LeBron almost play 40 minutes. Davis go over 40 minutes. You have D'Angelo Russell playing 44 minutes. Like, you just, this, isn't, this is not sustainable. Like That's a bad team. That's worse than bad. That's one of the worst teams, if not now the worst team in the NBA. Like That's not sustainable, and if you're trying to make me a believer of the Los Angeles Lakers, having to go in an overtime second game of a back-to-back or not against the Wizards, that ain't it. James had an incredible sequence in overtime when they were coming back to win this uh, one against Washington, 134-131. He chases down Jordan Poole, who's going to the rack. He blocks him, hits a three-pointer of his own, 3-12 to play. It was just... It was vintage James. It was vintage James. He's playing at the highest possible level, but he's going to need help if it's going to matter. Like, this isn't a team fighting to break out and make the playoffs for the first time in 15 years. You know, maybe make a little bit of noise. This is supposed to be a championship contender, and he's needing to put it all out on the court. And, oh, by the way, tomorrow night, he's got Nikola Jokic in the Nuggets. Yeah, vintage LeBron James popping out against the Clippers when you're coming back in the fourth quarter yep. with the Clippers being one of the you know teams people are talking about that can win the championship, great. Vintage LeBron James coming out tomorrow would be awesome against the Denver Nuggets. The fact that you need vintage LeBron against the Wizards, like shouldn't that signal that there are bigger things going on right now with the Lakers and they're not actually a contender? Like, yes, at their best they look great, but they, it seems like they almost need to have their best every single game to win some of these. 
I want to drill down on the Wizards for just a second here. I, I'm not sure who's responsible for this plan, but the idea of building a franchise around Jordan Poole and Kyle Kuzma does not appear to be what we would call a plus EV, plus expected value proposition for winning in the NBA. I mean, good God, that franchise is, is an embarrassment. At least when you were just handing ungodly sums of money to Bradley Beal, it's like, yeah, we got Bradley Beal. Like, look, they're, they're, they're rudderless. Like, with Oklahoma City, when they bottomed out a few years ago, there was a plan. We're losing all of our key assets, and this goes back several years, Durant and Harden and Westbrook, and we're trying to figure out where we're going, and we're, it's Chris Paul, it's, 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 everything's moving around. Let's just stockpile a bunch of picks. Let's try to hit on some guys. Let's build something up here. And that's what they've done. They're a nice basketball operation right now. Lost last night to Wembenyama and the Spurs, neither here nor there. But good God, like, is there any plan in Washington? Like, if you're a Wizards fan, no. is there any plan whatsoever? They got nothing. No, there's no hope. Like, I don't think there's a plan. I don't think there's hope. Again, you're, Kuzma and Poole are good NBA players, but they're not guys I want to build my team around. And they decided, eh, you know, we're going to trade away Bradley Beal, and these are the two guys we're going to hitch our wagon to. It's not shocking that they're sitting there now. It, it, again, it's got to be embarrassing. I mean, the, the Pistons went on a historic losing streak earlier this year. Historic. 28 games. They lost 28 the Wizards, games in a row. Yeah. You know who has a worse record right now? The Wizards. It's, they both have nine wins. Nine and 49 if you're Detroit, nine and 50. Somehow a team lost 28 straight games in the NBA regular season. We have not reached the conclusion of said season, and that is not the worst team in the NBA. Job well done. All right, back to the Lakers here. LeBron James chasing 40,000 points. He's nine away, so this is expected to go down Saturday night against the Nuggets. Here's what it would mean to him. So we just want to get better every year. It doesn't matter who our opponent is. We haven't, you know, we're trying to place ourselves to be in, you know, playoff contention. You know, so it doesn't matter if it's the Nuggets or the Clippers or the Wizards or whoever the case we play. We have to just try to play our game and, and defend at a high level. Continue to share the ball offensively. Try to shoot it at a high clip. Get to the free throw line. So it's not a personal matchup versus them. They know what they want to do. They they are already solidified in what they want to do each and every night. And we're still trying to get better and work through our, you know, our things and get still trying to get healthy and things of that nature. So you know, we just want to get better. That's LeBron on the matchup with the Nuggets, which is tomorrow night, Saturday, ABC and ESPN. We'll get the time for you on that one as well. But this matchup, I mean, here you go. Third and four nights. Third and four nights. You will get a night off tonight. But this Denver team, 5-0 and off the break, Gabe. 5-0. and They've won those five games by 15 points per game. Their defense Oof. during that stretch, since coming off the All-Star break, top three in efficiency. They are smoking teams. Carlin said this last week. He thought that this was going to be the team that turned it on in the second half of the season. He said it felt like Denver was ready to make a push. They are making that push. Yeah, they absolutely are. And again, another team playing on the second game of a back-to-back. They struggled a bit, but still came up with a win. But they were at least playing Miami. Like, a, a team that we can respect. Like, that's the team you don't want to be playing second game back-to-back. But guess what? The Nuggets took care of business. That, that, that's what this team is in Denver to me. A team that just takes care of business. It's not flashy. Sometimes it's not fun. You know, kind of reminiscent of the old Tim Duncan Spurs. It's not flashy basketball. But they just go out there and they take care of business consistently. 
And they are a team that I think over the next 20 games, I would not be shocked. They're not that far out of that number one seed. I would not be shocked if they chased down OKC and then chased down Minnesota to get the top seed in the West. If you're like the Dallas Cowboys or you're the Philadelphia 76ers from a year ago and you're one of these teams that's just like trying to figure out how to get over the hump, the single greatest takeaway from the Nuggets when you study them is that they're calm. I've said this yeah. before regarding just an important asset in anyone's life, any operation, any business entity, any school, whatever it may be, any team. Calm. Just how do you handle the ups? How do you handle the downs? Calm. Denver seems calm. You don't really hear about them other than what they're doing on the court. That's pretty much it. Like you said, they go about their business. They win some games. They lose some games. They go on some streaks. They play good basketball. There's nothing else coming out of there. There's nothing about discontent that the coach this year, you don't hear him yelling and screaming about officiating every night. That's for Denver or that's for a Detroit. We saw that recently. Like everyone's getting so banged up high and low. And then there's Denver just calmly handling their business calm. And is it any surprise that they're one of the better teams in the NBA? He's Gabe Knight. So I'm Joe Fornball, Carlin versus Joe on ESPN radio. Gabe, I got something for you. It's a prop bet. We had it built specifically for ESPN bet this morning. I want to run it by you because everyone seems to be siding with one part of this equation, and I'm blown away by the fact that no one wants to make the case for the other side. We're going to do that next after I tell you about this from Indeed, where it's the perfect time to gear up and connect to quality candidates. And there's no better way to do that than through Indeed, the hiring platform that makes it easy to attract, screen, and interview candidates all in the same place. Their interview tool helps you schedule and conduct video interviews right from your employer dashboard. Nix the hassle. Start hiring at Indeed.com slash credit. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Feels like we don't appreciate that enough, but neither here nor there. Once it gets to the postseason, it's going to be in your face on a regular basis. Gabe Neitzel, Joe Fortenball, Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. All right, Gabe, I need your thoughts on something. I haven't run this by you at all yet, and I want to see what you have to say. I've been running it by other people. I ran it by Stephen A. Smith this morning. I'll give you his thoughts in just a moment. I reached out to the team at ESPN Bet. Now live in 18 states, I believe, in North Carolina. Big event next week. More on that in the future. I ran this by the team over at ESPN Bet, and I said, I want to make the following prop. Let's put a price on it. 
and let's see what people have to say, how people would bet it. It's a bet to win the NBA championship. You can bet on the Celtics and the Nuggets or the field. So the Celtics and the Nuggets are together. You get both teams. If you choose that side, either team wins the championship, you win your bet. If you take the field, you get the other 28 NBA teams. And if any of them wins the title, you win your bet. Now, Celtics and Nuggets together is plus 115. What does that mean? A $100 bet would return $115 in profit, plus 115. The field proposition is minus 150. That means it takes $150 as a wager to return 100 in profit. So that's the favorite, and it's a significant favorite. If I'm to present this to you, Celtics and Nuggets versus the field for the NBA championship, how long do you have to think about it, and ultimately, who are you taking? So I don't think I I don't have to think about it for very long. I'm taking the Nuggets and Celtics. Really? And and here's why. Are you familiar with the 40-20 rule from Phil Jackson? It does not ring a bell. Go ahead. What is it? All right. So legendary coach Phil Jackson had a rule. I, I don't know if he wrote this in one of his books or, or where it came out, but he always had a thing of if you want to be an elite team and a true title contender, you have to win 40 games before you lose 20. And there are only four teams in the NBA that have done that this year. And when you look historically, um, in the last 30 NBA champions, only three have not done that. 2004 Pistons, 2006 Heat, and the 2021 Milwaukee Bucks. So there are four teams that have accomplished that this year. They've won 40 games before they lost 20. And you're giving me half of those with a plus 115? To me, that's where the value is because, I mean, again, 90% of the past champions have reached a, a, a statistic that the Nuggets and Celtics have. So I'm taking Nuggets and Celtics, and I'm going to take the plus odds. Couldn't the Zen Master have just said you got to win two-thirds of your games? Couldn't he just said that? I mean, Sure. He had to make it a 40-20 rule. I mean, it's much yeah. much nicer from a branding perspective, the old 40-20 <laughs> rule, because I'm like, this is intriguing. And then when you're done explaining it, Phil Jackson's just saying, look, we got to win two out of every three. You got it? Two out of every three. And it's like, mm-hmm. well, yeah, that also makes sense. In baseball, win two out of every three, and you're cooking. All right, so you don't even have to think about it that much. You're going to take Boston. Now, again, Nuggets, as good as they are, Western Conference pretty deep. And the Celtics, as good as they are, have a penchant for flaming out in some of those big spots. Joe Missoula last year, there was some trouble navigating the intricacies of late game management in some of those playoff matchups. But perhaps a year under his belt is going to do him some good. None of that worries you, huh? None of that worries me right now because I mean they did that against Miami. I, and maybe I'll, I'm just going to get fooled by Miami again. I, I don't know what to think of the Heat. They're just kind of doing the same stuff they did a year ago, and it makes me nervous as a Bucks fan that they're going to come and ruin everything that's going to happen in the Eastern Conference again. But, I mean, he, he was outcoached by Eric Spolstra, and I, I don't think there's any shame of that when you're a young coach the way that Joe Mazzula is. So maybe he did learn from that. I mean, the Celtics, talent-wise... They have really stood above and beyond everybody else in the Eastern Conference. They have an eight-game lead in the conference. Like, that's how much better they've been than everybody else in the East. So I feel even just really good about the Celtics just being there. And the Nuggets, we just talked about the Nuggets. It seem, seems like they're just kind of lying in the weeds. And despite lying in the weeds, they're only a couple of games out of first place in the West. So they're still a team that, again, that is incredibly talented and about to turn it on. So I feel really good about those two. Cleveland is 18 games over five hundred, and they're eight games back of the Celtics. 
Yep. 18 mm-hmm. games over 500, and they're eight back of the Celtics, to put that in perspective a little bit. So you didn't even flinch. Wilner, you get the Celtics and the Nuggets on one side, or you get the field. Who are you taking? I mean, I almost put money on the Celtics to win the title, and the only reason I didn't was because I'm worried about the Nuggets stealing their thunder. So if you're telling me I get both at plus money, absolutely I'm taking the Nuggets and Celtics. Did you even have to think much about no it? No chance. Handman, what yeah. are you doing? I'm the same. I'm, I'm going Nuggets and Celtics here. They're both, in my mind, if I'm making my own sports book, the favorites to win their conferences. And you didn't even have to think about this? No, not really. This makes me think I should go with the field. It's not to knock you guys. It's Stephen A. Smith said the same thing this morning. We did it on first take. I ran it by him immediately. Immediately. Celtics Nuggets. I'm taking Celtics Nuggets. He didn't even flinch. No one's flinching. Who, who do you think right now, if you had to pick one team to win the NBA title, who are you taking? Well, it'd be one of those two. It'd probably be Denver. Okay. Right now I'm starting to think Denver. And who do you think the biggest threat to them is? That's where I have to start weaseling around a little bit. Because the Celtics feel like it. The Celtics, I've seen this thing before. I've seen this movie running through the regular season. I saw the Ravens run through the regular season. I've seen the Sixers run through the regular season. And then you get to the scenario where you got to win four and seven and you get tight. And one game, you blow it late. You're up maybe one game to none at home. Game two gets tight late, you blow it, and now all of a sudden you got to win five games essentially in the series instead of four. But this and is, teams tighten up. But this isn't a bet for the Celtics. That's the thing. That was my reason for not betting on the Celtics is because I get worried about them tightening up in the in the playoffs. Yeah, but once in you lose this, one, you're dead. See, right. that's the thing with this bet. You lose one, you're dead. If no, one you're of them not. goes out in the conference semis, then you're dead in the water because you're holding a bad price. You'd rather end up having the other team at their standard odds. Like Denver right now is, I think, what, plus 450 to win the whole thing? If you don't even want to mess with the Celtics, you can bet 100 to win 450 in return. But I think the biggest threat to each of these teams is each other. So you're telling me I get both at plus money? I'm absolutely taking it. I don't. I mean, I don't know any of anyone that's taking the field. I'm not going to sit here and make the case. I just feel like everyone is so convinced so easily, Gabe, on on the Boston Denver side. It's like if it's that easy, you know, we well, should let's, let's head on out to the Mirage and see what happens well, before they shut it down. <laughs> let's let's break it down this way. Who's yeah, the biggest threat in the West? Let's just break it down by conference. Who do you Who's the biggest it? threat in the West? I, in the Western Probably Conference. The, Probably Minnesota, just because of the way they play defense, and I love Minnesota Anthony over Edwards. the Clippers. Yes, I, I'd say Minnesota over the Clippers. Mm-hmm. Very I think interesting. It's Minnesota, but I have a hard time trusting Minnesota because, well, we haven't seen enough out of the Timberwolves. Who's the biggest threat in the East? It's probably the Bucks, but the Bucks have had plenty of issues throughout the course of this season. So it, it just kind of comes down to those are the most trustworthy teams when we're talking about the NBA Finals. Who are you more scared of losing? If you have the Nuggets and the Celtics versus the field, if you take those two teams, which one are you more scared of losing? Like if one of them goes down in the first round, who's the team that goes down where you go, oh crap, this bet is in huge trouble? Uh, probably the Nuggets, just because the West is so deep. <laughs> as, yes, right? so there you it, go. As, as, as the West, because the West is so deep, and if somebody gets hot for a week, and next thing you know, they're up 3-1 on the Nuggets, then they just got to win one. So that's, that's, that. I, I would be nervous about the Nuggets, just, and that's based on the depth of the Western Conference. At Carlin versus Joe on Twitter. At Carlin versus Joe on Twitter. Let us know. Are you taking the field, or are you taking Boston and Denver? That side of the equation. It's plus 115. It is just unanimous. Unanimous. I haven't found anyone who's like, no, you take the field and here's why. Now, one person has made that case to me as I've been running it by everyone this morning. Tune in to college basketball action tomorrow as Wisconsin hosts Illinois, presented by Robin Hood. Coverage begins at 12.30 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. This is the Carlin vs. Joe podcast on ESPN Radio.